Ananta Koti Vaishnava Vrindaki, Namacharja Shilharidas Thakoriki, Prem Chikoho Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhara Sri Vasadi Gora Bhakta Vrindaki Jai. Say, say, Radha Krishna Gopakopinath Shamakunda Radha Kunda Giri Govardhana Ki, say, Vrindavan Dham Ki, say, Mayapura Nabhadvet Dham Ki, say, Purushatam Chetra Ki, Shri Shri Gonitai Ki Jai, Shri Shri Radha Balabha Ki Jai, Shri Jagannath Baladeh Subhadra Devi Ki Jai, Shri Shri Radha Krishna Ki Jai. All glories to the Assembled Devotees. All glories to the Assembled Devotees. All glories to the Assembled Devotees. All glories to Shri Shri Guru and Gauranga. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Uh, uh, Chitralaika, can you hear us? I think you can. Okay, righty-o, we just got to um, set the mic up so everybody else can hear you. Just hang on a second. Um, I'd like to introduce Chitralaika. Uh, Chitralaika is a disciple of Srila Prabhupada and uh, she was instrumental in... Uh, bringing our little Radha and Krishna to Melbourne. Uh, so she's one of the uh, early, early pioneers of the Hare Krishna movement in Australia. But I'll let her tell her story. Thank you, Aniruddha. So nice to be here. Uh, be able to speak to the Assembly of Devotees here in Australia. May just first Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Shimati Bhakti Vedanta Swami Niti Namini Namaste Sarasati Deve Gauravani Pacharani Nervisesha Sanyavari Vastata Desatani Jaya Shiva Prabhupada. So, um, little Radha Krishna have a very soft spot in my heart and these memories of how they came to be there are um, very dear to me uh, I had I'm going back I'm going to sort of set the scene for those of you who don't know I was uh, previously married to Upendra and um, at the time I was in India I had been there almost nine months and Upendra uh, had come to Australia and had was taking part in starting the uh, Melbourne Temple, helping with uh, preaching there. So, um, in early January of 1972, I had been well, in December of 71, I had been in India, in Vrindavan. We had gone with Prabhupada, and I stayed after Prabhupada took all the devotees there a week for a week. He left, and Jamuna and Palika and I stayed for a month. They had been sick, and so I had been there. When, I finally, uh, when we finally were able to leave, um, I returned to Calcutta Temple. Okay. And early, it was either late December, early January 
Prabhupada had come to Calcutta and he called for me to come into his room, which was very unusual. So I was a little nervous anyway. He was um, in Calcutta, there's a veranda. If you haven't been there, there's a veranda that sort of overlooks the park across the street. And his room was off the veranda. So I went um, into his room through the door and he was standing very near the door. Um, and so I offered obeisances and he, um, I got up and I said, Hare Krishna Prabhupada. And he says, so how are you? And I said, I'm good, I'm good. Um, and he said, so when are you going to join your husband? Well, my heart sank because I just loved being with Prabhupada there. But I said, soon Prabhupada. And, um, and he says, okay. You know, and I, you know, left. I offered obeisances and left and started preparations for my journey to Australia. Well, previous to this, uh, just in December, in the December, my mother had sent me um, $40, which in India, that was maybe 400 rupees, maybe a little bit more, um, which can buy a significant amount if you're careful with it, you know. So I, I had this in my mind, you know, what to do with the $40. And um, I thought, well, maybe Radhakrishna could come. I would like to get some deities for Australia and to bring to Melbourne. And so I, w I went in to see Prabhupada again. He was sitting at his desk and, and I offered obeisances and said, Prabhupada, may I buy Radhakrishna deities to take to Melbourne? And he looked at me, he says, how will you buy? And I said, my mother sent me some money. And he said, yes, but you should take someone with you so you don't, be, so you aren't cheated. So I, I said, okay, I offered obeisances. I pursued trying to find someone to go with me to the bazaar to purchase Radhakrishna deities. Well, of course, no one had the time. You know, everybody were short-staffed and no one had the time to go with me. I had very little time because I already had a ticket to come to Melbourne, you know, and I didn't have much time to get the deities and finish getting all my things together. So I um, went by myself. I <laughs> got a taxi and he drove me to the bazaar and um, I don't quite remember either. Someone told me which uh, Murtiwala to go to or the taxi driver had some idea, but I went straight to see the deities and um, I wanted to purchase the Vrindavan style, Radhakrishna. And um, there was just a beautiful set there and it worked perfectly. So 
Radhakrishna came with me. We went back to the temple. I continued to get everything ready and left um, for Australia. Now, it was it was a little bit of a long journey. I also had a mridanga, clay mridanga, to bring, <laughs> and um, we. So it was quite a journey with the mridanga and the deities uh, with me on the plane, and a cup and another bag as well. When I got off the plane in Melbourne. I waddled off the plane, sort of. I'm not that tall, anyway. I had two bags and a mridanga on my shoulders coming off the plane. And um, went through custom. At that point, customs confiscated the mridanga and uh, continued to put it through there. They kept it. They just kept it and later destroyed it by soaking it. Um, um, but the deities made it through unharmed. Everything was intact. So I arrived in Australia probably around mid-January. Uh, I don't have that exact date. And Prabhupada was then coming in April to do installations. He would install the deities when he came. <clears throat> so I had my work cut out for me at that point um, to prepare all the clothes and everything they needed for worship. Uh, so every day, that was my main service, was to prepare all their clothes I think one of the outfits I even made for Radha and Krishna, um, Krishna had, uh, uh, they had a white outfit and Krishna's was a tuxedo. <laughs> uh, yeah. He had a tuxedo and Radha Rani had a white dress. And um, I just, you know, I was pretty creative with making deity clothes. So it was uh, quite an ordeal. But um, so I had their clothes all made. Uh, Prabhupada was coming. Um, we, I was, I think I was just a little shy, not having done, uh, I'd been trained in deity worship, and Prabhupada had even instructed in one letter uh, that I received in January, I think. Chitraleka has been trained well in deity worship, so she can train others in Melbourne uh, how to worship properly. And um, so when Prabhupada came for installation, the fire sacrifice was all there, the deities were there, and I wasn't. <laughs> I was hiding back in the room <laughs> and Prabhupada wouldn't start until I came out to help dress the deities. He says, oh, where's Chitraleka? <laughs> and someone had to come get me to come out. Prabhupada's calling for you. And, oh, no. <laughs> um, so I, I appeared on the scene in front of the 
deities to help dress the deities after Prabhupada had uh, installed them. Um, and it was, it was just, you know, being in Australia with the deities and everything, it was a very sweet time in my devotional career. Let's say uh, it was, um, it was very special. After that, we were uh, cooking and um, getting the deity worship together and doing things. So I, I would also cook for the deities and was helping Forma learn how to cook the deity sweets. And um, yeah, that was my main thing, the deity sweets. So it was, it was a very special time. It was a very um, beautiful time, and I'm so impressed with the level of deity worship that has been maintained over the years there in Melbourne. You know, you've taken such nice care of the deities, and they look more and more beautiful and effulgent every day, every time I see them. Um, so that's my specific things about the deities. Can I ask if there's questions or direction you want me, I can go from there. How many devotees were living in the Melbourne temple at that time? Um, I'm gonna say there were around 20 or 30. Mm -hmm. 20. Perhaps, yeah. And that's 20 or 30 <laughs> Hare Krishnas in the whole of Melbourne, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> and and what, was, were they, what were they doing? Most what, of the time, were they what do? were they doing? <laughs> the devotees? Well, yeah. they would go out and chant. They would go out and chant, you know, have their little kirtan. Uh, uh, I don't know where they, I didn't go on those, I was back sewing for the deities, you know, but they would go to the park, you know, Upendra would take them to the park or somebody would, um, and uh, somebody was cooking lunch, you know, there were just different things going on, different activities. Who, who was the temple president at the time? That's going to stretch my memory too far, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I know later, I think Madhavisa was in charge. Yeah. And Han was around then too. Hanuman. Remember him? Well, uh, he was not active when I joined. Yeah. Okay, so Hanuman, I think he was sannyas or he took taking sannyas. Sannyas. At the same time yeah. that. Uh, Radha Krishna were installed, I think, the day before. Okay. He, he took some yeah. house. Okay, yeah. okay. So that then that's my memory there. It was Hanuman and um, and Madhavisa was probably later. Yeah. And and you yeah. mentioned Korma? Korma was there, yeah. And Korma was, he was, he was one of the Pajaris at that point. He was one of the Pujaris. He was. So that was you and, I, and Korma? So and... Mad. I used to get so mad at him because I'd be cooking and he'd be coming to the kitchen door 
every two seconds saying, is it ready? Is it ready? Is the oven ready? <laughs> Korma, get out! <laughs> but you, you know what Korma's, one of Korma's, Korma's motto is, uh, we've never been this late before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you know what we're going to put on his epitaph? What are you going to put on it? Here lies the late Korma Dutz. <laughs> <laughs> He's never been this late before. <laughs> Anybody have any questions, comments or questions? Bali Mardan. Bali Mardan was the GBC, but I don't know whether he was here very much. I don't think he was at that point. I don't, because um, he and Upendra were there originally to open, and then, you know, Upendra left, they weren't getting along very well, but Upendra left and went to Fiji, and then I went to Fiji. And then we were there for seven months, and then Fiji was kicked us out of the country. That was in 1970, all that. And 70, beginning of 71, they told us we had one month to get out of the country. So we, Prabhupada said we should come to India. And that's when we went to India. He was there for about a month and then went on to Australia and I stayed in India for some time. Yeah, but I think Bali Mardan, I was just reading some letters preparing for this, and there was one about to Bali Mardan or about Bali Mardan in there, where, where is he, what is he doing, you know, Prabhupada was asking, and that was around 71, 70, yeah, late 71, 72. How is he maintaining his duties? How is he? Where is he? Is he coming back? Rasanandini. Um, oh, Rasanandini. Can, can Mataji describe how Radha Krishna looked on their first on the installation day? What, mm. how, what, how they were dressed? Can you remember how the deities were dressed on their, on their appearance day? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, ca I can't even remember what I what they looked like when I saw them this imagination of mine but <laughs> the white outfit oh Radharani's white dress and Krishna's tuxedo yeah we, we, we actually don't have a lot of pictures from that, that we don't no. and, and I, I don't think there weren't many devotees who had a decent camera in those days <laughs> so it's not like the digital era where you know we've got pictures left right and center we didn't, we didn't take a lot of pictures back in those years. No, we didn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, unless someone was an expert photographer. A Guru Das or a Yadabara. Yeah. No. 
Or we had a yeah. Moga here. Moga uh, yeah. was a very good photographer. He was. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Oh, hey, Chitta Hari Pratapna, all of there. Chitta Hari. Chitta Hari. Well, I think was Chitta Hari. No, these, these are devotees who came later. Yeah, quite some time later. And uh, um, we're probably also uh, in Sydney, not in Melbourne. Remember this? Yeah. Two camps. Yeah. Now that's what instigated. I think. Um, I was just reading one of the letters that Mohanananda was in Sydney and he had first invited Prabhupada to go to Sydney, you know, um, from India. And that, that ensued a competition that, oh, you know, Prabhupada can't go to Sydney first without coming here, you know. And so it was, it was uh, uh, they right away... You know, Prabhupada was writing to Pendra then, you know, they right away invited Prabhupada to come to Melbourne as well. You know, so Sydney was having their deities installed and then little Radha Krishna were installed in Melbourne. Yeah. 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 So very, very sweet times. Very, very sweet times. And, you know, for most of us in the distant, remote past. <coughs> Thank you, um, Chitraleka, for your time. What's the time there now for you? Um, for me, yeah. it's 6.20 p.m. Oh, okay, yeah. 20 past 8 um, tomorrow for you. Yes, I know this is like time travel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm speaking this in the is, tomorrow. <laughs> this is the future calling here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. Um, we've got a, a video from Korma that we're going to uh, move to, I think. We thank you for your time. This is kind of the beginning of our 50th anniversary celebrations. Next year is the installation of Radha Balava. And then oh. in 2025, it's the 50th anniversary of the opening of the, of, you know, our current temple and the installation of Gorni Thai. So that's, that's, that's going to be our big, um, that's going to be the big bang, if you like. So, in 2020. 2025. Okay. Yeah. Well, if we have a heads up, maybe we'll come. Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll, we, we, we've obviously got uh, well, more than three years to plan. And uh, we're going to try and get as many. You were here for the 40th anniversary, right? Yes, I was. Yeah. So we'll try and do as, as big, if not, as big, if not bigger and better uh, event in 2025. So stay tuned. Okay. Keep me posted, please. Okay. All right. Thank All you right. very much.
Hare Krishna goes to Prabhupada. Hare Krishna. Also, I used to share I guess I don't get to see. Hare Krishna, uh, welcome to our 50th anniversary uh, celebration. I'm Kormadas, I'm speaking to you from County Wicklow in uh, Republic of Ireland, uh, a long, long way away from Melbourne Mahaprabhu Mandir. And uh, today we're going to be uh, glorifying uh, this special day, the 50th anniversary of the installation of Sri Sri Radha and Krishna here in Melbourne Mandir. My, uh, my old stomping grounds, as the term is uh, used. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swaminiti Namine Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pacharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Paschacha Deshatarine. So, yes, thank you for inviting me to speak on this very auspicious occasion. Um, the installation of Radha and Krishna. And um, I offer my basis to all of you. All my old friends and those who I haven't met in Melbourne Mahaprabhu Mandir. Um, Melbourne Mahaprabhu Mandir is a term that Prabhupada coined in 1976, just saying. Um, Yes, it's, it's very good that we are preserving the history of this temple. Um, of course, the installation of Sri Sri Radha and Krishna took place in the previous Melbourne temple. We'll be speaking about that. Um, Prabhupada did say that he would like that his disciples um, make a history of all the different temples where the deities have been installed. Actually, I got a letter yesterday from a devotee in... Um, in Hawaii, her name is a uh, god sister, Mahavishnu Priya Devi Dasi. Uh, Mahavishnu Priya Devi Dasi, who wrote me because I put out a message. Can anyone recall any instructions that Prabhupada gave about um, making an historical record of the deities in the temple? And she wrote me and she said, Hare Krishna, um, in Hawaii, Srila Prabhupada told us that each center or temple should have an, an historian to record, record the big events of each year. This will be a very valuable history for others, said Srila Prabhupada. Uh, Shanti Parayanadas here in Hawaii has been keeping this record for over 30 years. Srila Prabhupada listed these things that he said should be recorded. Temple openings, temple presidents, receiving new deities, Pujari names, temples moving to new locations, Sankirtan parties, weekly records, Rathayatra events, and temple blessings. Very interesting. I'd never uh, heard that before. Uh, of course, this is not a new thing. Keeping records 
um, in temples has been going on since millennia in the uh, Chaitanya Bhagavat and the Chaitanya Charitamrita, especially in Prabhupada's purports, you'll notice uh, that there is enormous details about temple records. Um, you look and you, and you read this amazing uh, description and all the dates are given and the name of the Acharyas, etc. That's because someone wrote it down. Someone wrote it down. It was recorded. Um, and especially those things in connection with the visits of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to various temples, um, like Ahovalam and uh, other various places. Um, so keeping records at temples has been going on for thousands of years. It's all, it's all transcendental information. It's all in connection with Krishna and should be preserved forever. Uh, a nice service, perhaps, for a budding temple historian here in Melbourne, Mahaprabhu Mandi, a hint, hint. Um, in light of that, of course, I, I was inspired to write my book um, so many years ago, which is an, an historical record of Srila Prabhupada in Australia. You've, many of you or some of you would have seen that book. Um, we'll be uh, ex excerpting from it today. Um, this was a book, of course, in connection with the history of Krishna consciousness in Australia. And at least the years that Srila Prabhupada was with us, that's, the book finishes at that point. But this tradition should be continued. Um, Prabhupada, as you know, visited Australia uh, six times. And specifically, he visited Melbourne five times. 1972, 73, 74, 75 and 76. He visited the original temple in St Kilda, 72, 72, uh, 72, 73, and 74. And Prabhupada visited the Melbourne Mahaprabhu Mandir in Albert Park in 75 and 1976. So here's a little history, for those who don't know, a potted history, as they say, of uh, how Krishna consciousness came to Australia and how it made it to Melbourne. Uh, Prabhupada's disciples, Upendra and Bali Mardan, first brought Krishna consciousness to Australia in 1970. And uh, in keeping with the missionary spirit that Srila Prabhupada had uh, given us, Srila Prabhupada arrived in May 1971. He installed Radha Gopinath in Sydney. And uh, at that time, um, Sriman uh, Upendra Das, who's, uh, who's the husband of Srimati Chitraleka Devi Dasi, who you have already or will be hearing from today, who's part of this history, um, Upendra, uh, after establishing Krishna consciousness in Australia, he decided to go to Fiji and um, establish a centre of Krishna consciousness there. Prabhupada had a desire that Krishna consciousness be spread all over what he called the Pacific region that includes Australia, New Zealand, Fiji, and the Pacific Islands. So how did, um, how did Krishna consciousness come to Melbourne? Well, here's an excerpt actually from my book. So as I mentioned, Upendra uh, had moved on to Fiji. I remember when I joined the Krishna consciousness movement and I was living in um, Sydney Temple. Very shortly after I joined, Upendra went off. It was a shame because his association was very wonderful. Uh, but off he went. Um, so I'll start from that point. It had been almost six months since Upendra had gone to Fiji. There, he had met up with his wife, Chitraleka Devi Dasi, who I said, and he's part of this uh, presentation today, 
After some successful groundbreaking, the couple then travelled to India. After a month, Upendra returned to Australia without his wife because she had not received a visa. Previously, originally I've written here, uh, Upendra had applied for a permanent residential status, whereas his wife had applied for a tourist visa. So even then, the Australian immigration was very strict and uh, she couldn't get back into Australia at this present moment. Now, the idea of establishing a temple in Melbourne, or I'm, I'm speaking like a non-Australian here, Melbourne, shall I say, Australia's second largest city, had been conceived by Bali Maidan one year before in July 1970. He had thought of the idea, but it hadn't taken place. Um, he suggested the idea uh, in a letter to Srila Prabhupada, and Srila Prabhupada was always eager to encourage his disciples, and he wrote back, um, quote, I'm very glad to know that you think Melbourne is a good place for establishing a temple, Prabhupada wrote, and you are eager to accept this establishment of temples in the Australia area as your life and soul. Yes, as I have taken this work as my life and soul on the order of my spiritual master, similarly, if you take my desire as life and soul, then the whole thing is immediately connected with Krishna. That is the meaning of the Parampara system. None of the activities are personal affairs. It comes through only the proper channel. It comes only through the proper channel. Otherwise, each and every activity is directly connected with Krishna. It is received, Prabhupada said, through the spiritual master, but the business is for Krishna. As much as an office superintendent is the via media for pleasing the spiritual master. Or should I say, the office superintendent is the via media for pleasing the ultimate master. Prabhupada's making an analogy. End of quote. So Upendra um, had spoken about travelling to Melbourne to open up a centre, and in the middle of 1971, that's June 71, uh, it became a, a reality. And Upendra, just like he had travelled to Sydney, uh, originally he now travelled to Melbourne. And he travelled with Upananda Das Brahmachari, who actually, I'm thinking actually he was already married at this stage. He married a devotee called Arula Devidasi. So uh, there was Upananda, Upananda's wife, and uh, Upendra without his wife at this point. They rented a little house, and you could, get, I guess, say this was the first Melbourne temple. This was at 111 Domain Road in uh, South Yarra, and this is directly opposite the uh, Melbourne Botanic Gardens. Um, they were paying $10 a week rent, and it was a rather uncer unceremonious uh, place, uh, full of drug dealers and people like that. So they didn't stay there very long. Um, but for $10 a week rent, it was a good place to set up shop, so to speak. And um, I've got a recollection here about the very first Kirtan party that ever touched down in Melbourne. It caused a sensation amongst lunchtime shoppers and office workers because they'd never ever seen or heard about a Hare Krishna before. Uh, Bhakta Frank recalls, Bhakta Frank who's also known as Krishna Prem, not very well at the moment, we have to send our prayers for his uh, recovery from his uh, illness. Frank recalls, I had travelled down from the Sydney Temple to help Upendra and Upananda in Melbourne. One crisp Monday morning in late winter, we caught a tram downtown from Domain Road. We walked from Burke Street to the town hall in our dotis 
with shiny shaven heads carrying a box of Back to Godhead magazines, mandangas and cartels. People had never seen devotees before in Melbourne. The crowds sort of parted before us outside the town hall. The Pendra said we should wait until the clock struck 12, the auspicious uh, Abhijit moment, and then commenced. At the last dong of the clock, Rupendra and myself started chanting, he played Madunga and I played Katos. Heads turned, people literally stopped dead in their tracks and within a few minutes there were hundreds of people crowding around us, spilling onto the roads, blocking traffic. Uh, practically the whole street was stopped and the police had to hold back the crowds to allow the cars to pass. Then Rupendra stood up on the steps of the Melbourne Town Hall and gave a short but spirited talk while I furiously handed out back to Godhead magazines and collected donations. The Hare Krishnas had hit town. End of quote from Krishna Prema. So the devotees used to go out on Sundays and chant and bring devotees back to their little new place that they just found um, in Station Street in Carlton. This is the second Melbourne temple number 12 Station Street, Carlton, another Tirtha. And people started coming along to the Sunday feast. Devotees like Bhakta Dave, who later became Dwaipayana Das, and Bhakta John, who became Jaidama Das. They were the first ones to be attracted to Krishna consciousness. Um, Chitraleka, in Australia now, on a temporary visa, accompanied by Ahula Devi Dasi, wife of Upananda, joined their husbands in Melbourne, and now Vagavan and Padmavati arrived to assist them. So the devotees have become quite a presence in Melbourne. All sorts of newspaper uh, coverages in the age, for instance. There's a nice quote, a nice excerpt here, how Hare Krishna takes root in Melbourne. I won't read it because it's quite long. So devotees went out and they sat down on the corner of um, uh, the concrete City Square, um, Collins and Swanston Street corner, and they had Harmonium, Tambura, Madanga, Cartels, and then they were joined with by John and his girlfriend Della, Jaidama and David Darshan, and then they were also joined by devotees like um, Bhaktin Mignon, who later became Mekala, David Dasi. Um, a number of these devotees took initiation on the day of the installation of Radha and Krishna, but I'll talk about that in a moment. And also coming along to the temple at the time was young Simon Buttonshaw, a talented student from the Victorian College of the Arts, who you know as um, Shamananda Prabhu. And not only that, but a young Greek boy came in touch with the devotees with his girlfriend. The young Greek boy was uh, Steve, or Stavros, and he became uh, Sanak, who became the first temple president of Melbourne Temple. And his girlfriend at the time, Karen, became, uh, became mental block, old age. It's gone. Poof. This is, an older, this is old age. Catching up with me. Um, Chekitana. There we are. It popped back into my head. So... Early days in Melbourne Temple, wonderful days. I was, uh, at that time, I was still uh, in Sydney Temple. So, the, um, after some time, there were, as I mentioned, uh, the numbers started increasing, so there were too many people to stay in the tiny little 
uh, little garage. It was actually a garage, um, almost one room place in Stacey Street, Carlton. So the devotees moved to a bigger one. They moved to a bigger uh, temple, which became temple number three for Melbourne. And that was 14 Burnett Street in St Kilda. The famous first temple where um, Srila Prabhupada visited on his subsequent 1972, 1973, and 1974 visits. So, quite a history. Um, I'll uh, read here from my book, excuse me, popping backwards and forwards. Wasn't too long before the devotees in Sydney and Melbourne were competing to have the nicest temple. So the Sydney Temple was in Glebe and the Melbourne Temple was in St Kilda. Who would make the nicest temple? Well, transcendental competition. Prabhupada said, I'm encouraged to hear from you that Melbourne Temple is even better than Sydney Temple. <laughs> uh, so I must surely come there to see it. As yet, Prabhupada had not visited Melbourne. He wrote this in uh, the end of 71 or beginning of 72. Um, go on like this, transcendental rivalry, just like San Francisco and Los Angeles. This pleases me very much, but it is not that we are envious. No, material envy is not like that. Um, even the gopis, who were envious of one another in a transcendental sense, they were thinking, oh, she has attracted Krishna more than me. That is very nice. She has given him even more pleasure than me. Now let me try to please Krishna more. That is our process how to improve in Krishna consciousness. So transcendental competition went on. The devotees in Sydney were going out into the suburbs. The devotees in Melbourne were going out and preaching in the suburbs. Um, places like Geelong and Ballarat were taken by surprise uh, by the Sankirtan parties. And at this stage, um, both temples in Sydney, we wrote a Gopinath, and in Melbourne temple, where we just had at this stage a picture of Panchatattva, on the altar, um, we were trying to improve the standards of deity worship. Now, by this time, I think I was in Melbourne Temple. I've moved to Melbourne, and uh, and now um, I can. I was actually present for some of these events. I, I went from backwards and forwards, Sydney, Melbourne, Sydney, Melbourne at that time. So both temples were inspired to improve their standards of deity worship. As I said, Sydney already had installed deities, Radhagopina. And Melbourne Temple, we were still waiting. I'll tell you a little bit about this history. Uh, Chitraleka Devidasi, who had left Melbourne when her visa expired, had recently returned again from India. And while in Calcutta, she had acquired a set of beautiful 30 centimeter brass, Radha, and Krishna deities, Astadatta, actually, eight uh, metals. And uh, along with a variety of articles, for deity worship, I'm sure Chitraleka has or will explain how she obtained those deities and who suggested that she did and where she got them and how she got them to Australia, etc., uh, etc. Et and if she doesn't, you can ask her, although she's not personally present there. But I think, anyway, the um, various articles were also added to with beautiful deity clothes because Chitraleka Devi Dasi was an expert seamstress. 
she had been well trained in India by other Prabhupada's lady disciples and she had sewn numerous articles of clothing for Radha and Krishna. So I remember in Sydney when Prabhupada first installed Radha Gopinath, there was just one set of clothes that they had, which was a set that didn't really fit them and it was just sent with the deities, one of those cheap Indian sort of outfits that was whipped up in a hurry. But with uh, Radha and Krishna, they came with beautiful sets of clothes. I remember when I was doing deity worship in the very early years, uh, magnificently sewn clothes, uh, all fitted beautifully, and they lasted for many years, I remember, uh, just gorgeous outfits. So Rupendra had already written to Srila Prabhupada asking if the deities could be installed. Prabhupada had replied that he would be happy to do so uh, when he came to Melbourne. So. What, meanwhile, on Prabhupada's advice, Chitraleka started training selected devotees in Melbourne in the art of deity worship. I recall I was one of them. Um, I wasn't yet initiated, uh, but she was, uh, I wasn't yet uh, Brahmin or second initiated, but I was somehow either participating, or maybe I started participating a bit later. I don't recall who, who those devotees were, the other devotees at the time but I know that um, I was eager to do so. And uh, she was, Tichalega was especially uh, prolific and expert in cooking and she would demonstrate the art of making milk sweets. I remember Chitralega's milk sweets were magnificent. Rasagula, um, cheese paneer balls, simmered in sugar syrup, um, sandesh, cream cheese fudge, burfi. And uh, I remember one of her sweets was called Kamalakia. Kamalaki was condensed milk and sugar folded through little cells of tangerine, which would explode in your mouth when you ate the condensed milk. Um, we, were, we were eager to learn and she gave her all to train us in the art of cooking milk sweets. Um, and so while devotees then got inspired and they were sewing extra sets of clothes for Radha Gopinath in Sydney, and the uh, temple devotees in Melbourne were trying to improve their deity worship. There was a transcendental competition going on. We were all eager to improve our standards, and this was wonderful. Um, I remember uh, we were also trying to improve our cooking standards for the deities, and I think at this time, at this stage, uh, yes, I was in Melbourne, we, we received a letter, actually, that had come from Los Angeles, and uh, this was a letter from Srila Prabhupada. In those days, we all got to read whoever received a letter from Prabhupada. And it was a letter saying how we should improve the temple deity worship standards in our temple. One of the things he mentioned in this letter was that we should offer Krishna five or six times a day. And it was spelt B-H-O-G. And the first brother was referring to Bhoga or food, But we didn't know what... Bog was. What is Bog? We have to offer this five or six times a day. We should get the recipe. And then I remember we were asking different people, what's it? we were looking up Indian cookbooks, Bog, Bog, and a bird. And we would ask, uh, there weren't many, but some Indian congregational members were coming at the time. And we would ask them, uh, you, uh, we're trying to find a recipe for Bog. <laughs> What is Bob? You're not knowing this Bob. And so we were trying to, was it a vegetable? Was it a sweet? What is this Bob? Was it a savory? Someone said it, they thought it was a type of rice. Okay. 
We couldn't find any, but it must be important because Prabhu wanted us to cook it. And then Bhagavan uh, returned from India, um, uh, had, who had just returned from India not long ago. He said, oh, that's boga, that means unoffered food. So then we realized that we, we had been offering Krishna five or six times a day, boga. So no, no problems there. So, yes, the um, opening of the temple. So we're setting the scene here for the arrival of Srila Prabhupada, our founder Acharya, um, our spiritual master, who was coming to establish deity worship in Melbourne very, very kindly. Prabhupada had agreed to visit Melbourne for the very first time. After five busy days, of preaching in Sydney, because Prabhupada arrived and he went from Sydney to Melbourne and then he went back to Sydney again. Um, after five days of preaching in Sydney, Srila Prabhupada flew to Melbourne, the capital of Victoria. He flew in on an Ansett Airlines flight that landed in Melbourne, Tullamarine Airport, at arrival Bay 3, and 20 devotees chanted loudly near the uh, arrival bay. There was lots of press, and so they covered it. There were lots of photos and lots of footage. So we got this information. Huge kirtan, um, well, as many as, as much kirtan as 20 people could loudly chant, plus a press conference. Uh, what's your purpose for coming to Australia? Prabhupada said, my purpose is coming to broadcast the message of love of God, achievable through the chanting of the holy names, Hare Krishna. And someone said, uh, Swami, aren't you withdrawing from life? And Prabhupada said, no, we are not. We are also working. We are also eating. We are also sleeping. But while other people are concerned with the material necessities of life, we are concerned with the spiritual necessities. There's a great need, Prabhupada explained, for God consciousness everywhere. Therefore, just as a, a salesman travels everywhere, a salesman travels, looking for customers wherever he can find them. He said, I am similarly traveling, searching for anyone intelligent to accept my message. Prabhupada said, there is no difference coming to Australia. The governments have made a demarcation. This is Australia. But we see everywhere as the land of Krishna. So then, this was actually the day before the installation of Radha and Krishna this was Wednesday, 5th of April, 1972. Um, Sri Sri, Radha and Krishna were installed in the first Hare Krishna temple in St. Kilda on Thursday, the 6th of April, 1972. So Prabhupada then arrived at the temple in St. Kilda. St. Kilda had used to, used to have been a very, had used to be a very appealing aristocratic address but since uh, the turning, turning of the century, St Kilda was now a rather sleazy uh, place to be. Uh, the St Kilda temple actually had used to have been a brothel. Um, but uh, we, uh, we transformed 14 Burnett Street into a, a transcendental place of pilgrimage. So Prabhupada uh, arrived at the temple and there was a wonderful exchange with the devotees. Um, Krishna Premi was crying. Um, Upananda handed out some simply wonderfuls for the uh, devotees to partake. Um, he asked 
Srila Prabhupada asked what the rent of 14 Burnett Street was, and the answer was $34 a week. Not bad for a 10-room house. Um, Prabhupada nodded in approval, looking around the room at the eager young boys and girls who, as neophytes, knew practically nothing of spiritual life, and in most cases, very little of material life. Prabhupada knew that many of us had been ruined by drugs and illicit sex, etc. Prabhupada knew that because we were sincerely taking to Krishna consciousness, our shortcomings would not prevent us from making spiritual progress. Prabhupada said in the Krishna book that although naturally beautiful, Western youths were now dirty and morose, their beauty had been covered. But just as peacocks in Vrindavan begin to dance jubilantly at the onset of the rainy season, as the monsoons revive the dry land, similarly these youths were being revived by their chanting of the Hare Krishna mantra and dancing ecstatically. Prabhupada wrote a letter that night actually uh, to a devotee in London and he said, practically I am observing here in Australia that you Western boys and girls are becoming angels by taking up this Krishna consciousness process, quote unquote. So um, Prabhupada had uh, then spoken uh, the following morning on Srimad Bhagavatam class and uh, there are pictures of Prabhupada sitting on his beautiful pink Vyasasan. There's a whole series of photos. Um, no, actually that was the year, that was the year uh, after. Prabhupada was sitting on a green, a light green and yellow covered Vyasasan. We just covered it with different types of materials this year. Nicely made Vyasasan. There's pictures of that also. Uh, Prabhupada spoke a little bit about um, Yes, it was that morning when he spoke about the tree that was growing out of the concrete in the backyard of the Melbourne Temple. And he said that previously that tree had been the former resident or former owner of the house who had been so attached to living in the house that now he had come back as a tree. And he spoke about that in the Bhagavatam class uh, that morning, the next morning. Um, remarkable information. Uh, so Prabhupada then, this was the, um, yes, yeah, so sorry, this the night of the arrival day, Prabhupada gave Bhagavad Gita class. And after that uh, evening program, he spoke to Mohanananda, who was the GBC for Australia at the time, and he said, Mohanananda asked Prabhupada, frankly in his room, he said, which temple do you prefer, Srila Prabhupada, Sydney or Melbourne? Mohanananda was a <laughs> transcendental uh, stirrer. And uh, Prabhupada knew what was going on and he smiled and he said, well, as far as decoration is concerned, uh, the, Sydney temp the Sydney altar was better looking than the Melbourne altar. We had a very, very basic little altar. But the Melbourne temple, he said, had done a far better job overall in decorating the temple. So Mahananda excused himself and immediately went to the telephone and rang Sydney temple to break the news. <laughs> and he said, you bet you guys better get it together because Prabhupada was going to come back to Sydney. So he said, you better get, to, get it together and make the temple more beautiful because Prabhupada suggested that. Upgrade the temple. And he said, money is no object. So the transcendental competition continued. 
between Sydney and Melbourne. So anyway, the next day, the transcendental day has come, Thursday the 6th of April 1972. Today was set for the installation of Sri Sri Radha and Krishna. Now Sri Sri Radha and Krishna, they never received a, another name other than Sri Sri Radha and Krishna. Because we have Sri Sri Radha Vallabha, and, uh, and then in New Zealand, Prabhupada installed Sri Sri Radha Girihari, and in Sydney, Prabhupada installed Sri Sri Radha Gopinath. Um, but the small deities of Radha and Krishna, they remained Radha and Krishna, but they're Radha and Krishna. Uh, now, interestingly, Prabhupada had a very busy schedule at this time, and he, uh, there were five different events that all went on at the same time on that day. There was the installation of Sri Sri Radha and Krishna, there was the um, first initiations of about a dozen devotees. There was second initiation. There was, I can't remember exactly who got their second initiation on that day. But I did, and also Jagatarini Devi Dasi did also. So there's a, there's a picture of the ceremony. The Age newspaper was there, and they took a nice picture of Prabhupada looking into the camera. And uh, there was a few devotees in the crowd, and I recognized there was Sanak, uh, still back to Steve at the time. And there was a few others which I'll mention. So anyway, there was the first initiation ceremonies, about a dozen devotees received, and then second initiations, which were given up in Srila Prabhupada's room upstairs. And then, uh, this is of course St Kilda Temple, upstairs room. And then there was also um, first initiation, second initiation, deity installation, sannyas initiation of, um, of, uh, well, my memory is really... Blah, blah, blah. Hanuman. Hanuman Goswami was to receive his second initiation. I'm oh, sorry, his sannyas initiation. And finally, fifth item on the agenda was a marriage ceremony between um, Jaidama and Deva Darshana Devi Dasi. So quite uh, an action-packed event. And the press were there and there were guests, etc. So Prabhupada came down uh, to the temple around mid-morning. Prabhupada was always meticulously in how he would present himself beautifully, presented cloth, wonderfully fresh tilak. Prabhupada was always gold and, and effulgent. Uh, I remember that morning, there was a gold satin cushion that we placed on the floor in front of a newly completed altar, uh, very basic, as I said, box-like. Construction built by Deepak, uh, constructed with stenciled white swans on top of three marble steps. Very, very basic square box. Whereas Vaibhavi Devi Dasi in Sydney had built this magnificent, sumptuous altar with lotuses. and So we, we had to catch up somehow. <coughs> so a, a very busy day ahead uh, for Srila Prabhupada and the devotees directly in front of Prabhupada when he sat down on his cushion were the, were the beautiful deities that Chitraleka Devi Dasi had brought with her, Sri Sri Radha and Krishna. They were wrapped in, uh, I think, in some material. Prabhupada uh, then, with great care and attention, he lovingly bathed Radha and Krishna with a mixture of milk, yogurt, ghee, honey, and sugar syrup, the Abhishek, using Panch Amrita. We didn't know much about deity worship, but we were able to gather the ingredients together. I remember the first time Prabhupada came to Australia, we bungled it up very badly and we, we did all sorts of silly things and uh, we didn't know anything about 
what was Suchi and what was Muchi, but by this stage, and perhaps because Chituleka Devi Dasi had brought nice things with her, we were able to gather together the appropriate items. Uh, we noticed at the time how Sri Sri Radha and Krishna were, were very, very beautiful. Um, while they were being placed in their tanks ready for bathing, we noticed how Radha and Krishna were very shapely. Krishna had large hips, a thin waist, and an enchanting threefold bending form, about standing about this high. As you know, those of you who have uh, seen Radha and Krishna in the Abhishek or in the Deity Room, gorgeous. Um, perhaps these were deities of some age, because sometimes it's hard to tell how old deities are, because of being made of astadata metal, they could even be hundreds of years old. After the bathing ceremony, uh, which uh, went on for some time, and then the deities were dried and dressed, I don't know who dressed them at that time, perhaps Chitralega did, um, Prabhupada spoke intently to the devotees that sat before him. I was there. It's all a blur. I don't remember much at all. Uh, a lot of devotees can't remember much about what was going on at their initiation um, because you're all carried away with the events. Prabhupada said, uh, so you are getting initiation on this auspicious day when Lord Krishna and Radharani, his eternal consort, is now being established. Well, at least we recorded the talk, which means we weren't too disorganized. Uh, today, Krishna and his eternal consort, Radharani, are being established, installed on this auspicious moment. Um, any moment where Srila Prabhupada is personally installing the deities is, in is an auspicious moment. Um, you will be initiated, he said, to chant the Hare Krishna mantra in the beginning, speaking to all the devotees seated around the room, ready for their initiations. Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hari Hari, Hari Ram, Hari Ram, Ram Ram, Hari Hari. Prabhupada said, as it is indicated in this verse, one who remembers the Supreme Personality of God, it always, he remains always purified. <coughs> Excuse me. Suchi. This was, of course, Prabhupada was referring to the mantra Om Apavitraha Pavitrova, Sarvabastam Gatopiva. Yasmarit Pundarikaksham Sabhagya Bhyantara Suchihi Sri Vishnu Sri Vishnu Sri Vishnu he had asked us all to do Achaman. This is the, probably the first time that we've you know, second time for me. Um, that we've done Achaman, performed Achaman, purifying with sips of water. So we did that, we tried anyway. Prabhupada was giving an explanation of what was going on. Suchi, Sri Vishnu, Sri Vishnu, Sri Vishnu, whether you're Purified or unpurified, if you remember Lord Vishnu, then you're considered to be purified. But he was asking us to come to the level of, uh, of Suchi. Um, it is indicated in this verse, Prabhupada said, one who remembers the Supreme Person always, he remains always purified. Suchihi. Suchihi means Brahmana, a purified man. A Brahmana means the intellectual class of man who knows hygienic rules. He keeps himself always purified and engages in studying Vedic literatures for understanding this world, God, himself, and their relation. In this initiation ceremony today, there will be some persons who will be initiated for chanting the holy name. Some of them will be initiated for the second time. They were initiated before for chanting the holy name, just like myself and Jagatrini. We've been initiated for at least a year. Uh, now they will be initiated, said Srila Prabhupada, with the sacred thread. 
The sacred thread means recognition of complete Brahminical culture, because I didn't feel very Brahminical. Um, so the qualification of Brahmana is Satya Samadama Titikshava Arjunam Jnanam Vigyanam Astikyam Brahma Karma Svabhavajam. And Prabhupada was quoting from the 18th chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Srila Prabhupada described these Brahminical symptoms at, the, at this event and he gave examples. He gave examples. Titiksha means toleration. A very um, well used example that Prabhupada would give. There may be so many tribulations, but a Brahmana, he said, are, is supposed to be very, very tolerant. The first class example of toleration in the Western countries is Lord Jesus Christ. He was crucified. Still, he did not take any steps. If he wanted, he could take steps, but he was tolerating. So this is a sign of Brahminical symptoms. So Prabhupada, after giving his lecture, the deities had been bathed and they were being dressed somewhere, um, probably on the altar, behind the altar, uh, by the Pujari. I could guess and say Chuchuleka was dressing them. Uh, Prabhupada then carried on with the ceremony and it was time for the initiations. It was time for the devotees to come forward to receive their beads and spiritual names. These were devotees that had been coming around the Melbourne Temple at the time and were ready for initiation. Dr. Doug was a young, slightly built artist. Your name is Dormiadas, he said, one of the commanders in the battlefield of Kurukshetra. Dormia went on to become a very good artist. If you remember, or you were there, or you've seen the beautiful murti of Lord Chaitanya, 14 foot tall golden murti of Lord Chaitanya, that was accompanying uh, the Rathiatra ceremony and other Rathiatras since then, um, Dormia created that uh, magnificent deity. He was a very good artist. Dormia passed away some years back in a motor accident. Um, John became Jaidama. Uh, Jaidama is now living in northern New South Wales or southern Queensland. He's a famous uh, Ayurvedic doctor. Jaidama, John became Jaidama, named after one of the Acharyas in the Madhava Gaudiya Sampradaya, and John's girlfriend Della became Deva Darshan, one who can see all the demigods, a name for Narada Muni actually. And Bhaktin Mignon, who was a ballet dancer and had been coming along attending the temple functions, and she had become a Brahmacharini, Mignon became Mekala Devidasi. Mekala Devidasi uh, passed away last year or the year before. Uh, Sharon became Satyavati and Steve, the young Greek boy, Stavros, became Sanak, Sanaka. And uh, he passed away also two years ago, or three maybe now, time flies. We're all in the waiting lounge, ready for our departure flights. Srila <laughs> Prabhupada asked, all the devotees to pledge that they would chant 16 rounds every day and would indulge in no meat eating, no intoxication, no gambling, and no illicit sex. Then Prabhupada conducted the wedding ceremony. Um, he asked that the devotees would not separate under any circumstances. He said, um, um, now, he said, you are, have agreed that there is no question of divorce in your life. He was, Prabhupada was very insistent. 
and, and publicly asked them to make this vow that these devotees would not divorce under any circumstances. He said, now you cannot separate. Is that all right? He said, do you agree? Now, Prabhupada didn't always ask that at wedding ceremonies, <laughs> but he asked. He said, there is no question of divorce. He said, uh, he said uh, even if you fight, he said, you can remain in one temple, he can remain in one temple, she can remain in another, but there is no question of divorce. So take this in mind, that's all. So then Shama Sundara Das, um, the famous Shama Sundara, who has written his uh, three-volume series, if you're trying to identify which Shama Sundara this is, but this is the original Shama Sundara Das disciple of Srila Prabhupada. He was Prabhupada's um, secretary slash servant at the time. No, secretary actually. Uh, he assisted Prabhupada now at the next stage of the ceremony, which is to light the blazing fire sacrifice. So the fire sacrifice continued, more and more fuel, more and more smoke, um, more and more tears from the smoke uh, as, as it went on. And then finally, as the blazing fire and the smoke was billowing out of 14 Burnett Street, and we were wondering whether any one of the neighbours was going to call the fire brigade because it looked like the whole place was on fire. Nobody called the fire brigade. The fire was blazing. At this point in the ceremony, Prabhupada gave the sannyas staff to the sannyas to be Hanuman Prasad Goswami. Then the conch shell blew and it was time for greeting the deities. Radha and Krishna had been dressed and we were going to see them on their altar for the very first time. We had these deity doors in St. Kilda Temple that opened like Constantina style. And um, it actually had been, um, it actually had been one room, but we had gone in there and demolished a wall and built sliding doors, as we always did with these rented properties. We would go in and then demolish parts of it and uh, build new stuff. Somehow or other we got away with it. So the sliding, the concertina doors opened, billowing frankincense. We were big on the frankincense in those days. You couldn't see anything, but then you could see the mists clearing. And there was Radha and Krishna on their new altar. And we and Prabhupada, along with ourselves, uh, we all bowed down to see Radha and Krishna dressed in their, in their beautiful white satin and lavender brocade outfit. I'm sure Chitralek can remember that outfit. I remember it well because I was dressing Radha and Krishna at some short time after this event for some time as the Pujari and I remember that outfit. And all the outfits that were made by Chitralek lasted, as I said, for years. So beautifully hand-stitched. So the, the exuberant happy event concluded with a huge kirtan. And uh, here's a nice description from Bacta Franco, who was the temple photographer at the time. Well, he wasn't the temple photographer, but he was a photographer and he was coming to the temple. So he became the uh, ad hoc temple photographer. He later became Sajjanasraya Das, who you may or may not know. So Sajjanasraya Das, aka Franco at the time, 
uh, Italian, lovely Italian accent when we did this interview. Uh, he explained the whole uh, thing that happened next. He said that I was standing in the smoky temple room at the doorway just before the Arati ceremony was going to start. I was the photographer at the time and I was trying to get a good clear photograph of Srila Prabhupada. Many other photographers were there on that day, he said. Unfortunately, I never saw any of those other photographs. Um, I found myself near the door of the temple room. As I was looking through the viewfinder, Srila Prabhupada suddenly turned and looked directly at me. I immediately took a photograph. I was also developing my own photographs and a couple of days later, I brought the photograph back and showed it to Upendra. Prabhupada's eyes were very moist, and the pictures in this book, um, they were very moist. And Prabhupada appeared very somber, even perhaps a little sad. Upendra showed this photograph to Srila Prabhupada after it had been developed. Srila Prabhupada, Upendra said, you seem very sad in this picture. No, answered Srila Prabhupada. I was feeling great ecstasy. So the grand event concluded and deity worship in a formal way began um, on that day, 50 years ago. 500 years ago, um, uh, the six Goswamis in Vrindavan had all uh, had their own deities for which they built uh, beautiful temples. But Prabhupada actually was empowered to install many, many deities throughout the world. Rukmini Dwarkadish in Los Angeles, Radha Govinda in New York, Radha London Ishwara in London, Radha Madhava in Mayapur, uh, Radha Gopinath in Sydney. All of these deities had been established at this point. These were all Prabhupada's uh, worshipable deities, Archa Vigraha, uh, incarnations of Radha and Krishna, who were appearing at the request of their pure devotee for the benefit of neophyte disciples such as myself around the world. And now uh, Radha and Krishna had come to Melbourne. They were standing, giving eternal benediction to their worshippers. So, we are very fortunate here in Melbourne Temple. I say here because I, uh, I feel myself present on this auspicious event. I spent uh, a quarter of a century in Melbourne, actually. I can never decide whether to leave my glasses on or off. I had uh, cataract surgery. It's actually easier for me to read without them. Um, I spent a quarter of a century in Melbourne Temple, 25 years from 1975 to 2000. And a lot of that time I was performing deity worship. Some of the most wonderful years of my Pujari life were conducted uh, worshipping Radha and Krishna. I remember it was a beautiful experience to bathe and dress small Radha and Krishna deities uh, in the morning uh, when the temple had moved, especially when the temple had moved to um, Dax Street. And um, we have a wonderful standard of deity worship in Melbourne, a wonderful standard, um, and it should be maintained uh, forever. That is what deity worship is all about. 
we must make uh, the uh, service of the deity our eternal lifetime mission. I mean, eternal, at least for this lifetime, it's our mission. And then maybe we'll get to come back and be Pajari next life, or maybe the next generations of devotees are maintaining everything. But the deity worship, of course, has to go on. Um, we make it our lifetime mission, just like Sriman uh, Andy Rudakavu and Srimati Achincha Rupa Devi Dasi are doing, have done, and are continuing to do, maintaining a very high standard of deity worship in Melbourne. And uh, it's uh, a great credit to, to them. I, uh, <clears throat> I thank them for their steadiness in that regards. Our um, high standards of deity worship must be based around hearing and chanting, preaching, uh, only eating Krishna Prashadam and deity worship. Hearing and chanting is the basis, only eating Prashadam, regularly rising early, chanting, preaching uh, as much as we can, and worshipping the deity. Sadhusanga Nama Kirtan Bhagavata Shravan Maturavas Sri Mutir Shadaya uh, 7 as Rupa Goswami mentions. The five core items in Krishna consciousness, including worshipping Tulsi. Um, Prabhupada did warn us, though, that there are, he warned us many times of the consequences of deviating from the standards that we promised to follow. In my book, uh, Prabhupada spoke a lecture, and he also spoke this very similar lecture in Los Angeles, and you can hear these lectures. He spoke as follows, that we must be very strict in our following the process of Krishna consciousness and maintain the highest possible standards of deity worship. Prabhupada said, there is a difficulty that we are not very much interested in hearing, and that is our main business. This is Prabhupada in Mayapur. Our bhakti begins with Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu. We have to hear, we have to speak. Unless there is a life of Shravanam, Kirtanam, these big, big buildings, temples, will become a burden. So if we, are, if we want to create a burden for the future, then we may give up this hearing and chanting and sleep very nicely. It will become a burden. Galagraha, Prabhupada used this word. The opposite of vigraha. Galagraha, well not the opposite, but the other side of the coin. Um, it will be a burden. Galagraha means burden. Not Sri Vigraha, Prabhupada said, but Galagraha. Galagraha means a heavy weight, a heavy burden around the neck. Sri Vigraha means worshipable deity. So if we give up this Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnu, then it will be thought that our Guru Maharaj has given us a burden in the neck. Galagraha. This is the danger. We must be very much alert in Shravanam Kirtanam. Otherwise, all this labor will be futile. This building will be only the nest, the nest for the doves and the pigeons. Heavy. He was talking about my fault, but this could apply to any temple. Um, another extremely important thing that I learned in my 25 years in Melbourne Temple, especially in my Pujari days, is this concept of punctuality and cleanliness. 
I was known in my younger days as head Pujari. I was head Pujari here in Melbourne for 10 years. I was somewhat of a fanatic. Uh, a few snickers there probably from some of the younger, older devotees. I was very fanatical, I was strict. Uh, but this cleanliness and punctuality, I took it on as a personal sort of duty. Uh, it's the basis of all deity worship. Uh, even if you just do deity worship at home, which I still continue to do, um, keeping everything clean and standard and regulated is very important, especially in a big temple. Bhaktivinoda Thakur, it is said that when he was the um, magistrate in Jagannath Puri, uh, the magistrate's job was to become intimately involved with the Jagannath temple management. So he was famous for establishing a very strict standard of punctuality and cleanliness when he was magistrate in Jagannath Puri. Um, so Prabhupada uh, took that as our, as our basis, the basis of all deity worship, punctuality and cleanliness. Prabhupada referred to our standard of cleanliness as revolutionarily clean, or he spoke about it also in another place where he says, summit cleanliness. I'll read you finally a very nice quote from you may be reading or have read. If you haven't, you should. Siddhanta's Memories series. And I was just reading this last night and I fell upon this quote. Krishna inspired me to read this to you today. Rukmini Devi Dasi recalls The Pujaris in Los Angeles had a beautiful and high standard of deity worship that didn't exist anywhere else in the society. So after being trained in Los Angeles, when I returned to Boston, where they didn't have a very nice standard, uh, I tried to introduce it, but it was difficult. One night I had a dream that all the temple devotees were lying on the floor, arguing with one another. In New York, we do like this. Well, in Boston, we do it like this. Well, in Montreal, we do it like this. Then, in the dream, the curtains closed and the deities were gone. This dream upset and traumatized me and I wrote a letter to Prabhupada lamenting uh, about how unacceptable our deity worship must be. I wrote, Srila Prabhupada, I think we've been very negligent in our standard of deity worship and now I had this dream that the, that the deities disappeared. And I know that you said that without Bhava, deity worship is just like idol worship. And quote from Rupini's letter to Prabhupada. Prabhupada wrote a pragmatic letter to me back with a list of many items of cleanliness. Prabhupada was always pragmatic, practical. He wrote, deity worship means to be very clean. You should try to bathe twice a day, that means yourself twice a day, the pujari. The deities should never be approached without having bathed first and changed to clean clothes after passing stool, etc. Keep your teeth brushed after every meal. Keep your fingernails clean and trimmed. Be sure that your hands are clean before touching anything on the altar or the deities. And cleanse the deity room, altar and floor thoroughly every day. Shine the various arti paraphernalia after arti. This is described, Prabhupada said, in the booklet for Pujaris written by Shilavati Dasi, the summit the idea, she said, a Prabhupada said, is summit cleanliness. That 
will satisfy Krishna. Regarding your dream, it is a great blessing to you that Krishna warned you. You should never be negligent. Always be careful. Then in due course, you will feel Baba. End of quote from Srila Prabhupada. That was very nice, says Rukmini Devi Dasi. So, we should continue to keep everything very nice and clean here in Melbourne, my dear. Um, I'm sure it is still beautifully clean. It's been some years since I visited Melbourne Temple. Um, we should maintain the vows that we've been given by our spiritual master. We should hear Shri Bhagavatam daily, read Prabhupada's books daily, and for all, especially the temple inmates, we should make sure that all our offerings and arities be on time to the second. Always remember Sri Sri Radha and Krishna, and we should never uh, forget them. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you very much. Shri Radha Krishna Ki Jai Shri Radha Krishna Ki Jai Shri Radha Prabhupada Ki Jai Okay, so... Uh...